the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm uh, back with our founder. It's been a little while since uh, we've done this. Uh, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. We're, we're operating remotely again, it seems, because of the weather. Yeah, today we had a little ice storm coming through. Even though we're in the south, we get ice every once in a while. So uh, we're thankful for technology, which helps us keep moving up, moving forward, right? So uh, Right, right. So, uh, so Rocky, uh, glad to have uh, you back here, and always like to share your wisdom with everybody, and uh, and we always just like to try to share things we're seeing and learning. And um, today's uh, topic is is what I said I would entitle it: the theology of influencers. And uh, you know, we talk about the journey being a process, and it is, and uh, and there's definitely a theology behind it. You know, everything has a the every Christian expression has some sort of theology that it's rooted in has to or it wouldn't be christian either um, correct or incorrect theology <laughs> well that's right yeah correct or incorrect and, and everyone thinks their way is the right way but uh, <laughs> but we we believe uh we definitely have a certain set of beliefs and and so you and i talked about it and uh, a lot of people don't even know that we have a statement of faith that uh, that was written early on uh just to be make clear what some some of our non-negotiables right as influencers right right um and and the reason this comes up is because um you know every once in a while people have questions about what what do you guys believe or where you know where does where do your beliefs come from or or sometimes because people are led in the holy spirit to do different expressions of their gifts and all that sometimes they think um that's the norm or should be the norm and and uh and so sometimes that they tend to want to maybe change the journey or something like that. And we have to just say, hold on, time out. You know, let's get back to the basics of what we're about and what the journey's intended to do. So um, so let me, as a dropping off or stepping off point, let me read. We're going to go ahead and read the Statement of Faith real quick. Um, right off our website, if you go to our website, influencers.org, and you go to About, and underneath there it says uh, Statement of Faith. Let me just read this. So bear with me one second here. Here's what we believe. The scriptures. We believe the scriptures of both the Old and New Testaments are verbally inspired of God in whole and in part, error-free in the original writings and the supreme authority of faith and practice for the believer in Jesus Christ. And there's some scriptural references under each of these. Here's what we believe about God. We believe there's but one living and true God who is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. We further believe God is one in essence while existing in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Though each person of the Godhead possesses precisely the same nature and attributes, each function differently in respect to God's purposes and dealings with mankind. Here's what we believe about God the Father. The person, the first person, the Holy Trinity, directs all things according to his own purpose, pleasure, and grace. The Father is sovereign in creation, providence, and redemption. He has decreed all things that come to pass for his own glory. He graciously involves himself in the affairs of men, hears and answers prayer, and saves from sin and death all who come to him through Jesus Christ. Here's what we believe about the Son. 
The second person of the Trinity is both eternal Son of God and virgin-born Son of mankind. Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, surrendered nothing of his deity during his earthly life. Having led a sinless life, he satisfied the Father's justice concerning sin by his substitutionary death. We believe in his bodily resurrection, his physical ascension, and his visible return to earth to establish his earthly kingdom. The Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity executes the will of God in the world of mankind. It is the Holy Spirit who applies the salvation that Jesus Christ secured through his death on the cross. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It is the Holy Spirit who empowers his church to live a lifestyle pleasing to God, endowing it with special gifts, which equip believers to accomplish distinct ministries planned beforehand by God the Father. Here's what we believe about mankind. We believe that man was directly created in the image of God to enjoy his fellowship and to fulfill God's will on earth. Man sinned by a voluntary act of personal disobedience to the will of God. As a result, mankind is spiritually dead and subject to the certainty of physical death. The fall of man was a historical fact, the effects of which are carried forward to all people, each of whom is born with a sinful nature and sins habitually in thought, word, and deed. Salvation. We believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins as the only sufficient substitutionary sacrifice. All who believe in him are declared justified by the Father on the ground of Jesus' death and resurrection. All who receive the Lord Jesus Christ by grace through faith have been regenerated by and baptized in the Holy Spirit. They become thereby the children of God forever and members of his church. This salvation will result in righteous living and good works if the believer submits his life to the control of the Holy Spirit, who directs the life of a believer in harmony with the Word of God. There's just a few more here. <laughs> the church. We believe that all who've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit belong to God's family throughout the world, but are directed by the Scriptures to associate themselves in a local body of believers. We believe the purpose of each local church should reflect the same purpose for the body of Christ throughout the world, which is to lead lost souls to Christ, mature them in the faith, and equip them for personal ministry. Lastly, what do we believe about the future? We believe that prophetic scriptures teach the imminent personal return of Jesus Christ. We believe his return will occur in a bodily, visible manner. Okay, a lot of words there. <laughs> Where do you dive in on that, Rocky? You know, Brian, I think it's important for people to either hear that or read that or ask that because John talked about it in first John to test the spirits. And we, we certainly don't have any problem with people testing the spirit with influencers. And we do, we do believe that we have a very sound, solid foundational faith. Um, And, um, and as a result, we, we are glad to enter any kind of dialogue about what we believe, but I think it's very important for us to live out what we believe, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to live out that which is stated right there, and uh, the implications of those things in it has created influencers. And, and those are and those are what we would call non-negotiables of our of our faith, right? Yes, of our foundation, faith, yeah, yeah, of what, what we believe. Um, we did that doesn't talk about the process that we take people through of of learning how to abide in Christ, although it's all related. Um, right. Well, that's our mission. You know, yeah. uh, you know, we, we have our mission, and our mission is derived from the foundation of the theology, and then also the spiritual gifts and giftedness that 
God has put together uh, with influencers to be a, an expression, a unique expression of, of him to uh, our world around us, which would include equipping and helping churches, even though we're not a church, but we are highly involved with churches, supportive churches, equipping churches, a friend of churches, and inspired from churches. So, you know, yeah. it's integrated. Well, what's interesting is this, we believe, we believe all that as leaders and founders of this ministry, but um, when we start a journey group, we're open to all people, right? I mean, I mean, there might be someone who doesn't even be, not, not sure what they believe, but they're, yeah. we're welcoming them to come yeah. and find out. Yes. So with, with this, a little bit of an exception to that. And the reason why is because, you know, the, the journey is written to try to help a, a believer understand who they are, uh, whose they are and who God is. Mm-hmm. And because all of those things um, develop the relationship with us and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And unless you have that initial relationship with Him through the Son, uh, and we say it up front, you know, this is for this is for Christians, but if you're on the journey to to toward becoming a Christian, then we're we're gonna be there for you. We're gonna help you understand it. But it's not to stop there. And that's yeah. where a lot of ministries stop is they feel like that just simply getting somebody into the kingdom through you know, a decision to uh, receive Christ is is their call, and that's all they do. Our call is to take them there and beyond in the discipleship process. Yeah, we definitely believe discipleship is more than just the decision of faith or decision, right. a decision of the will, right? It's a, it's a, it's what Jesus did. That's right, but it starts there. It you starts can't there. go any, you can't go any further than that because if not, you're just trying to train non-believers to be Christians, and that doesn't work. But, you know, we do, just to that point, we do believe we've seen a lot of people come to know Jesus for the first time through a journey group. I mean, yeah. they, you know, the allegory you wrote, Journey of the Inner Chamber, has an a image of the bridge is, as the way to get to the kingdom. And the and it's real clear that the bridge is Jesus Christ is the way to get. Yeah. Get, well, all it is is a creative way of stating theology. Right. Because everything is based on the theology of mustard seed Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there there are people that debate at what point did they receive him, at point at what point did they realize him, at what point did 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 he enter their life? But there has to be some point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I do believe that God chooses us. I, I feel like I'm chosen by God, but I do believe that He chose me, and then I responded by faith. Mm-hmm. The scriptures say that that for by grace we've been saved through faith, uh, not as a result of works. Anyone should boast. So there is the grace and the faith. That are, mm-hmm. that are very much uh, essential in this uh, relationship that we have with him. Uh, I do believe that uh, we are given a choice uh, all through our relationship with him. And that is, will I continue to follow him and be deeper with him? Will I go closer to him? Will I obey him? Will he be my Lord? Will I surrender his lordship? And lordship is a growing thing where we surrender more and more and more ourselves to him. It's a lifetime. But we still are very secure because of the grace of God that he gives us. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I, I think the journey is a, uh, oh, I, sometimes I've referred to it as basic training. You know, it's like it's the basic things a believer needs to understand that, that a lot of believers don't understand. They don't understand that God is an intimate God. They don't understand that he knows and cares and he's willing and he's able. They, they don't know that they have an orphan spirit. It's maybe keeping them from their 
their true adoption. I mean, the things that we talk about are just so, in a lot of ways, very um, basic, but really very deep. I mean, things a lot of people don't understand. And then, of course, then we take them into understanding what it means to abide and how God will have to prune you and discipline you and and so that the Holy Spirit can come alive in your life. And and then we start, you know, we're not afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit, which, you know, some churches stay away from that because it gets too uh, mysterious or controversial or or what are they or they don't understand it. So um, we're not afraid to go there. And then we get into the how the Holy Spirit operates and the gifts of the spirit. And then, and then it gets to a point of now, now how do you live this out every day? But all of this is just a basic foundation that they're going to build on the rest of their life. And and he's going to grow them in all sorts of ways, you know, if they continue on their journey, right? Oh, yes. And, you know, again, what we're trying to do is introduce theology uh, and, 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 and help them learn to self-feed so that accurately, so that they can understand it and apply it to their life. Uh, we're not going to enter into denominational distinctions uh, and try to convince them to go down the do- denominational path. That's not our. That's not our call. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to help them determine how to uh, uh, clear, clearly uh, understand Scripture in their life. And if there's a denominational slant that, that they feel is the way they are being pulled, then that needs to be their decision to make, not ours for them. So I think that all of us have probably come from several different denominations. And, and through that, we probably have come to see things through a different, a, a certain slant. But, but we purposely stay away from that because what we're trying to do is create a vertical orientation that all denominations have in common. What mm-hmm. is it that all Christian denominations have in common? It's Jesus Christ. That's right. It's the redemption that we have through Jesus Christ. It is God's grace to us through Jesus Christ. His death, life, death, burial, resurrection. That's what we all have in common. Now, let's start there. Let's understand. Let's try to understand this God of grace because a lot of people don't. A lot of people have second, third, fourth-hand information. They have no concept of him being an intimate, relational God. Right. And, 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 and therefore, what happens is that we become religious rather than relational. Mm-hmm. But, but what we're trying to do is help every person in the body of Christ, and regardless of the denomination, not to try to change them, but try to help them understand what they believe. And most important, understand about this relationship with God that we've been invited to through Jesus. It's deeper than most people understand because they don't understand. And a lot of times it's because the theology that they have been taught is very limited. And it does not give them an open picture of just how wonderful and and gracious and inviting he is to us. Mm. You know, you you use a term I've heard you say many times that we're, we want unity, not uniformity. And, uh, and, and in all our years of doing the journey groups, and I've led 17 myself, I've never seen a debate break out over, you know, denominational differences or different theological slants. I've seen people just uh, enjoy growing together and, and respecting each other's different points of view on different theological points. But it's never been a divisive thing. It's never broken up a journey group or 
and and I was going to ask you why you think that is. Um, maybe it is well, because it, Jesus is the focus. Well, it is. It's the climate that we try to create in there, uh, uh, and it's also the orientation. In other words, we're not horizontally uh, oriented toward trying to help somebody else or or to try to change somebody else or try to uh, even build a relationship horizontally. Uh, we are trying to go as a group to understand this this God who loves us and understand him better uh, and to get closer to Jesus. And, you know, when we keep it about that, it, it tends toward uh, taking away the, the, the things that tend toward dividing us because our eyes are not focused on each other. It's focused vertically. And you see, that's the, that's really kind of the blessing of what he said. If you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. And we see this, this fruit, even in small groups born in the relationships that, that grow out of it. it at the core of it is respect and it grows to love. Mm -hmm. I will tell you though, if I have somebody that does come in, coming in there to recruit to a certain slant and they feel that's their mission, well, I have a tendency to say, I don't think this is a group for you. Mm -hmm. Because right. we're not, we're not trying, to, I don't do it. Mm -hmm. I, if I, I, I don't do it, I choose not to. And it's important that I don't do it. And, and please, you don't either. When you say you don't do it, you mean you don't try to put your personal theological mm -hmm. slant on it necessarily, or no, my personal denominational slant. Denominational slant, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't have I don't have a problem with sharing my the depth of what I understand in theology, but I will say, how do you see it? But if it, but there are just denominational distinctions that, and we know what they are. You can take different churches and you can say how they are distinctly uh, distinctly doctrinal in certain areas. And that's why certain churches look down on other churches, and which I detest, by the way. And and so, you know, the issue is, is that we're not there to try to to take them down our personal denominational preference. That is just not something that, that we feel that we should do, or nor do we want to. Because look, it's like this. Uh, if you if you are, are friendly to one denomination over others, then that means you're going to exclude others and they're going to exclude you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of people feel like, how, how can Protestants and Catholics coexist in, in the same pursuit of Christ? And believe me, we can. Mm -hmm. And we have seen we have seen wonderful, beautiful, precious Catholics. Mm -hmm. that are pursuing Christ with us, pursuing an abiding relationship with us, even though I'm not Catholic. Mm. I'm a Protestant. But they they know that that I don't have that distinction is important to me. What's important to me is what we have in common. And Brian, when we, we get it that we are the body of Christ, mm. we're not we're not people that are on the outside, you know, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And until we begin to understand that about us, we're going to continue to break the heart of God who loves us, the heart of Father, Papa, who wants mm -hmm. his children to love one another. And it's time for us to, you know, to, to let's pursue him and not push each other aside. Do you think another area where it, maybe gets off track a little bit, maybe is, is in the giftings, you know, because w there's different spiritual gifts and, and there's different within the body who have different gifts. And, you know, we even talk about it in the journey that there's, 
sometimes there's gift envy or gift projection. We, or, you know, we tend to wish we had that gift or, or someone who has that gift thinks everyone should have that gift or, you know, and do you think maybe that's where sometimes it gets, the devil tries to come in and, and have spiritual pride come in or something that trips people up a little bit in the expression of the gifts, maybe? Well, I think that I think that we have seen that and, and identified that as being divisive, but the the divisive is the, the divisiveness is not but about true gifts. The gifts are designed to build up and unify. Yeah. Uh, it's when gifts are counterfeited uh, or incorrectly used. So let me tell you something. Uh, the spiritual gift, it comes from the word charisma, charisma, grace gift. And, uh, and so grace, remember that grace gift, grace is something God gives us. It's something that God gives us. Not, it's not something we earn. It's not something that we've achieved. It's something granted to us for a specific purpose. And where I've seen a great division occur is when certain people who have certain perceived gifts have a sense of pride about them. Mm-hmm. And and even uh, to the point where they feel that they need to instruct other people to have this if they're going to really be super committed to the Lord. And to me, that's where divisiveness comes in. Yeah, it's the incorrect use of it, and maybe the misuse of it, and sometimes the abuse of it, mm-hmm. because the gifts are designed to be exercised from the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. All the things that we read about the personality of Christ. And if we're, if we're trying to exercise spiritual gifts, otherwise, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, it's like a loud, offensive gong, mm-hmm. not music to people's ears. Yeah. Well, and he also says, I think in 1 Corinthians 12, or I think it's 12, he's talking about how we need each other. You know, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or, and, and he even says the ones that are seem the most dispensable sometimes are the most valuable. The ones that seem like they're not up front and everyone's noticing, we, we need each other. Even in, in you know, we're not going to have the same expressions of our gifts and all that, but we need all of them. We need to work, we need to work together. Well, remember what I said about how pride abuses a gift. Yeah, uh, it debilitates a gift. It divides. I mean, whenever you start thinking you're greater than somebody else because you have an out front gift or up front gift or a certain gift, believe me, you you are so off base mm-hmm. because this is not about you. It's about releasing your 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 yourself and your pride and and your ego uh, to the Lord so He can use you. And if you want your gift to be used, you you have got to enter into that with humility. Independence and above all, don't look down on somebody else because you think that you've got something they don't. Mm-hmm. Believe me, that that's where the divisiveness comes in. Yeah, that's where I've seen it abused. Well, and and we always point people back to scripture, right? If there's ever if there's ever questions about these kind of things, I mean, I, I always tell people first of all to pray. You know, if you're ever feeling confused or questioning things you're hearing from another member of a journey group or whatever, always pray and then go back to God's word and, and, and to really just try to come at everything from a spirit of love. And, you know, like you said, the fruit of the spirit, uh, what would you say about that? Well, like I said, I think the gifts of the spirit uh, are mysterious mm-hmm. and some of them are, are, are known as sign gifts and they are even more mysterious others and some people are so 
are so think it's so mysterious they don't have anything to do with it and, and they even write it out of their thinking even their theology and we don't we we say okay here are the spiritual gifts that are listed in the bible and here we're, we're trying to, to develop a, a a definition to them and we and we try to we try to help people understand where the strength lies in these gifts and where the the cautions are in it. So we try to do an education on the theology of it, but we don't. And we even try to help them uh, evaluate through some testing instruments what their spiritual gifts might be. But at the same time, what we're trying to do is help them understand that every believer has a, a gift or more, and that gift is for the purpose of building up the body of Christ and to, it plays a part as it if it works in conjunction with other gifts. But the gifts will not be able to be exercised and empowered unless we have the relationship with Christ that fosters his the fruit of his spirit through our life. Okay. And so what do we do? We we work on the what fosters the fruit of the spirit which is what he, Jesus said in John 15. If you abide in me, you will bear fruit. So that, that's one of the first things that starts happening yeah. is a transformed life where his fruit begins to manifest itself in our life. And then it triggers, correctly triggers, the spiritual gifts that we've been given for a purpose that he has designed. Yeah. Now, who am I to say to anybody that although I don't have your gift, I don't believe in yours. No, sir. I believe in, that the gifts are out there, and, and and I want all of those gifts around me if they're correctly used. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, and and so you know, I am not against people that that, that have gifts that I don't have. I'm for them, but I don't want to. I don't want to recruit them to my mindset on that i want them to have the freedom to let the lord through their self-feeding guide him him or her into how they how they're to use what he's given to them for his glory and honor and when we do that we do not create disunity we create unity we are unified in the spirit of god yeah that's right Well, we just have a few minutes left here, Rocky, and I was thinking that this is kind of a word, this last part is kind of maybe a word to the guides out there who are guiding journey groups. First of all, I see a lot of men or women who are intimidated about leading a group because they're afraid of theology and they're afraid it might get too deep and they won't know the answers and all that. And I'm always like, well, you're not a Bible teacher. You're not, you know, you're just there to point them to the scriptures and keep encouraging them. You don't have to have all the answers. But on the other side of it, I've seen people who are so enlightened and so excited about all they've learned that they just want to download everything to everybody, you know, in week one, you know, and you have to tell them, hey, guys, you got to pull the reins back. It's not about you teaching everything. You got to let them discover it. It's a self-discovery. It's a vertical thing. Like you said, it's it's a self-discovery process, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, Brian, that uh, as we talk here, I think about the last 20 years that we've, you know, that the the journey and, and our books and everything that we have that has entered into countless numbers of, of people and churches and denominations uh, nationally and internationally. And yet we have never had anybody say that our 
if our theology is incorrect. Right. Even though there have been all of the different denominations. And the reason why is because it is theology. Mm-hmm. We operate within the boundaries of theology, not philosophy. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, you all we have to do is say, well, here's what the scriptures say. How does it speak to you? So when we do that, I mean, we're we're connected to theology. Now, somebody might interpret that a little differently. Uh, as they prayerfully see it through the, through their relationship with God, and that's what we're trying to do. Well, and, yeah, well, I, I'm sorry. I just want to bring up this. This uh, since we're talking about this, there's one thing I thought. Um, you know, like your stories that you've written, those are those are like parables. You know, Jesus taught in parables. Those are you taking a creative storytelling role to help people understand biblical truths, right? Right. Right. And and I mean, and you know, we've had a few people go, oh gosh, when there was a vision or what's he talking about? Is he is he had a new vision that, you know, that is he, you know, people put that in a weird category when someone thinks, says they had a vision, you know what I'm talking about, you know, and so and that well, and I said, yeah. no, 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 that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> Look, here's the thing about it. Uh they can argue with the, the delivery system because certain people don't believe in allegories. Uh, they don't believe anything like that. Uh you know, you can they they'll throw out uh, you know Pilgrim's Progress. They'll throw out a lot of C.S. Yeah. Lewis stuff. They'll throw out a lot of the 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 mystical works that God has inspired through the years because they have a very very narrow framework they look through. But I'm not going to fault them for it. But you know, I guess I do fault them when they say that I'm blasphemous because yeah. I'm 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 using a storytelling as a as a way to transfer uh, theology. Uh, and I've, I've not heard a lot of that, but it's no. been out there. And the other thing is that some people say, well, you know, the vision scares me because of this that, and the other. You know, this is where we say, look at our theology. Look at what we believe. Just look at the heart of who we are. Look at what we're trying to do. And when they see that, then, then all of a sudden they say, no. These aren't cooks. They're a little creative, but they're, they're not cooks. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they kind of slanted a different way, but we see where they're going uh, here because they're trying to reach people the church doesn't reach. They're trying to pe- de- de- uh, meet people at their point of need. They're trying to engage people with a, an emotional connection with Christ, not with just the theology of the brain, but the theology that goes to the heart. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's our right. mission. And and so I don't apologize for it. In fact, I, I think that that's why Jesus did it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even the very first book, Journey to the Inner Chamber, we, uh, when we take them through the six-week discussion of that, the, what, what we're trying to do is show them the theology right off the bat. We're trying, right to, show the bat. Them the, we're trying to show them the scripture behind the story, you know, and, and people love it. I mean, people start realizing, ah, it makes sense. Now I yeah. see where that where that all connects, and they yeah. see themselves in theology, which is even better. Um, yeah. So, well, good. Well, I, you know, I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but I think our time is up today. But I think that gives people a little bit of a, hopefully, an understanding about where we're coming from. If they didn't already, a lot of people do get it, you know. But uh, yeah, just, we're just always trying to make sure things are clear and and understand what we're all about. So. Uh, and uh, it's never been about us. It's always been about Jesus. So, um, and it still is. So, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Rocky. Um, 
this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, we, uh, if there's anything you'd love us to address or talk about, we'd consider that. If you send us an email, uh, you, can, you can reach us on the website, influencers.org. And we'd love to, love to hear from you guys. And we thank you for all of you out there who are, are out there in the trenches, making disciples, pouring your lives into others. And uh, we just know Jesus is pleased with that. And so uh, if we can support you in any way, please, please let us know. So again, you can go to our website and read that statement of faith that I read, and you can look up the scriptures and all that, that might help you if you, if you need any help on that, or you can share that with others who might need to, to understand that. But uh, again, you can always use us as a resource as well. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Double Ministries, and I'm gonna keep encouraging you to abide in Christ, Go make disciples. God bless you.